Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Action fanatics, I believe I'm about to learn a valuable lesson. That the only thing worse than talking about Surf Ninjas one time is talking about it multiple times. Because here we are, it is take two of our Surf Ninjas edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. I am your host, Chris the Brain. Joining me, my co-host, as always, and also, the you may not know this, but he is the president of the Rob Schneider Fan Club, Chad Cruz. Yes, indeed, Brain. Thanks for that wonderful introduction. I, I, I'd like to say that there's a saying that I've heard. I don't know if it's uh, how far back it goes in history, but it, it goes something like this. Talk about a movie once. That means that you enjoyed it. Talk about a movie three times and the host of your podcast must have loved it. So I don't know where it came from, Brain. So I'm a guessing that, uh, I mean, you've probably heard this a million times, I'm sure, but but you have to, do, do you agree with it? I don't mm-hmm. agree with it at all. I, you know, I don't, I don't think this is actually a saying. I think it's just you and your bullshit. Huh. Uh, and we're like a minute in and you're already starting with that. So huh. let's also bring in the third member of this podcast because he's back folks. It's the toy man, Christy Petrillo, a man who proudly owns multiple copies of surf ninjas i do i've got it taped off tv on vhs i've got the commercial release vhs i've got the dvd and uh i'm not as much as of a curmudgeon towards this film as uh, as at least one member of the crew nor do i have the affection for a certain star of the film as the other member of the crew so i guess i'm playing switzerland here tonight well and i should point out you know you guys saw this movie early on like Basically, shortly after, Chris, I think you said you had actually gone to the theater to see this movie. I did, yes. So, this I have no nostalgia for this film. I did not. The first time I watched it was when we were preparing for this podcast. So, this was a new one to me. I don't have the nostalgia factor, and I'm sure that does play a part in my overall enjoyment of the film. Or lack thereof. Right. And I think everybody's got movies like that, where they, you know, they grew up watching a movie and, you know... They become an adult and they show it to their friend and their friend's like, God, man, that is terrible. That is an absolute terrible movie. And, uh, but you know, because of what you have inside you, you just love it. And, uh, I wouldn't say that I love this movie, but I say it's a quite enjoyable film, um, that stars one of the uh, greatest actors of all time. 
I never knew you thought that highly of Ernie Ray's uh, Jr. I don't. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was supposed for me, people would say that because I love Hercules in New York. So people might see that and be like, what the hell are you smoking that you love that movie? But, I, you know, so that one is a nostalgia factor that people probably wouldn't like. But let, let's get into this one because it is Surf Ninjas. This is something that uh, was requested by one of our listeners, Oliver Kane. Uh, so I have him to, to thank for this or blame for this, either which way you want to look at it. But, you know, Surf Ninjas is actually celebrating a milestone anniversary this August. It was released August 20th, 1993. So it will turn 30 this year. Surf Ninjas uh, starts off. We get a first look at this mysterious man with an eye patch who is played by Ernie Ray Sr. And his narration tells us that there are bad people coming to America. And uh, that's where we see our, our first look at uh, Johnny and his little brother, Adam. Johnny, played by Ernie Ray's Jr., doing what they, one of the things they love to do, Chad Cruz. Yes, indeed. And, and the title of the film should tell you a little bit about what they enjoy doing. Uh, I'm not talking about ninjas. I'm talking about surfing. And the opening of this film is essentially uh, Johnny and Adam's stuntmen surfing in this water, <laughs> beautiful water and catching waves. And you got the, 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 the cool music, California music in the background or what have you and opening credits coming back by and the, the bright colors of, of the title going across the screen. I mean, it, it's kind of like you're, uh, you're watching a movie version of like, you know, Power Rangers or some shit. Oh yeah, it definitely a, a product of the time. It definitely yeah. had that '90s feel. Uh, after the opening credits, we find out that Johnny and Adam have an adopted father named Mac, um, who's not a big fan of of rock music, specifically Van Halen. Early in the morning, um, and you know, tells them basically he's like, "Hey, you guys, you can't just life is going to be more than just surfing and." and listening to music, you know, you got to do stuff. But before he can finish his uh, fatherly advice to them, there's noise in the kitchen. And this is where the movie took a huge nosedive for me because we are introduced to Iggy played by Rob Schneider there to pick up Johnny and Adam for school. Uh, But before that, decides he's going to cook himself up some breakfast, even though this is not his home, uh, and somehow is wearing a pair of Max boxers. Would somebody on this podcast please explain this situation to me? Well, let's also state that, you know, Rob Schneider is not like, you know, Max buddy or the cool uncle or the guy next door that, you know, gives the kids advice. No, Rob Schneider, uh, you know, hot on SNL at the time, is playing a fellow high school student and best friend to Johnny. And, uh, you know, Adam kind of rolls his eyes at him. And so does Mac, uh, especially given the fact that he's wearing his underwear while cooking. And, uh, you know, they seem as impressed with him as you do when you were watching this film. I mean, the one thing I could say is, yeah, obviously you would say, well, he's a bit old to be in high school, mm-hmm. but Iggy's so freaking stupid. I could believe he just kept getting held back and is in high school. So that part, 100% believable. It, it might have worked really well if he had been Mac's younger brother who was like a real screw-up. Right. You know, and he was staying at the house, taking the kids to school and hey, working at the burger joint, what have you. And it might have worked out well then. But uh, I think some of the gags work better knowing that Iggy uh, 
is in he's supposed to be a high school student um but let's let's talk about what he's listening to brain he's listening to van halen yeah and i'd like to know your guys's favorite van halen song go my favorite van halen song especially if it was involving iggy okay. would be if he was at a top of a very tall building <laughs> i already know and he listened to jump i think yes. that would become my all-time favorite van halen song for sure i mean it's a great song as it is but if that's that little bit of extra that'd be my my pick you actually stole my answer because i'm not an avid van halen listener but for one reason or another when i was younger i loved that song and uh, i still have the 45 lp of that song wow. so uh yeah i guess we could both say jump for various uh differing reasons I think uh, I think Hagar gets a bad rep from Van Halen fans, um, but but I'm gonna go with uh, Running with the Devil. You know, big fan. Panama, great song. Oh yeah, Panama's uh, a great song. Nori, Noriega one. didn't think so, but uh, yeah, it's a great song. Uh, Nori who? Noriega. Don't don't you know your history, Chad? I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know that is. Uh, obviously, I, I would be shocked that you didn't know. All right, well. Uh, so yeah, they're going to go to school, uh, on the way to school though, they are attacked. We, we find out who these bad people are. They're ninjas. So now we've got the surfing and we've got the ninjas. So, you know, as advertised, I suppose. Um, but the mysterious eye patch man saves them. They, they have, they're oblivious to all this and that's going on though. They're just headed to school and it's a big day at school too. It is because Baba Ram is visiting now Baba Ram. If you're unfamiliar with who he is, and I'm sure you are, unless you've seen the movie, he's a spiritual leader known the world over. And he's coming to this high school. And because he's of Asian descent and Johnny is of Asian descent, the uh, powers that be at the school decide Johnny was the best person to prepare a big presentation to honor the visiting Baba Ram. But uh, there's a problem, Chad Cruz, because he didn't do anything. Yeah, and there, I can there's really... a whole problem with this whole scenario. I mean, as I mapped it out, but yeah. why, why do you give Johnny this, you know, hang ten surfer dude laid back and chill such a, a an important assignment and not follow up with him as it, as time is going on? Right. And, I, you know, I can empathize with the guy a little bit because I, too, uh, tend to not get things done when I when I say I will. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. I've, I've seen some of that, <laughs> but yeah, he's kind of put in a difficult situation. You know, like you said, he's apparently the only Asian guy in the school. So he's got to come up with some wild presentation to, to, to wow this guy, the spiritual leader. And uh, I think he does so in a way that uh toy man would appreciate more than anybody. You mean that uh, Johnny who's playing a slacker student decides to mimic the ultimate high school popular slacker student and uh, do a stirring rendition of Barbara Ann, or in this case, Baba Ram. Cause if that's what you're referring to, then uh, Johnny yes. definitely ripped off uh, the one and only Zach Morris. I wonder how close Bayside high is in proximity to this high school. Since uh, we know that we're in California, maybe they were rivals and we just never saw that, that on TV. That's a good question. I wonder, I mean, uh, who would win in a fight AC Slater or Ernie Reyes jr.? Oh, Ernie Reyes Jr. Come on. Zach Morris was the okay. star of the show. We know that. Mario Lopez couldn't hang. I think Screech would beat the shit out of Iggy. He did porn. Exactly. He's hardcore. 
<laughs> Indeed. Just like Buell McGillicuddy. Yeah, let's not uh let's not uh try to get Iggy to do any porn, please. No, please let's don't not. put that that out there for him. He Meanwhile, while that's going on at the high school over at the junior high, Adam can't find Spain on the map, so he's a freaking great student. Um, but more troubles there because you see ninjas in the window. Right, Brian, Brian, you you want to know what I think of Spain? <laughs> Do you really want to know what I think of Spain? I would love to hear it. I think it's a wonderful country. Oh, and I hope we have listeners there, and I hope we have people there who appreciate this podcast because we like them a lot i'll have to check the uh statistics to see if we have any uh visitors from or listeners from uh, spain check that out uh, ninjas are not successful but now we're going to find out where the hell these ninjas are coming from uh because they come from an island uh thirteen thousand miles away and they are there upon the orders of colonel chi Played by, for some strange reason, Leslie Nielsen. And Chris, he has issues. Uh, he's a half man, half cyborg, but he you would think since he's half technology, he'd be good with technology, but that's not the mm-hmm. case. I mean, this was in the days before Bluetooth, so he couldn't just have his calls forwarded to his elbow or whatever part of him was uh, a machine. Because like you said, you know, he's pretty much half and half looking like every evil cyborg character from the 90s uh also interesting choice to have leslie nielsen playing an evil warlord but uh he's not playing against character type no you're basically looking at leslie nielsen as frank drebin as colonel chi and uh, the man cannot get to his phone in time uh has an ongoing war with his answering machine and uh, can't even get the hang of call waiting at some certain points <laughs> yeah and- Go on, Chad. It's it. It really is. You know, there's this movie's. It's pretty stupid, um, <laughs> and I'm okay saying that. Uh, but uh, Leslie Nielsen answering the phone, like trying to run down this phone before it goes to the machine, and I, it's like one of my favorite bits from the movie. Other than you know, Rob and Schneider, you, you'd but. have to right, and you'd have to imagine though. Now, I mean, obviously, you guys have kids. Do they even understand what the hell's going on? No, because what's an answering machine? And yeah, why doesn't he just have a cell phone or yeah, a Bluetooth in his ear, as Chris pointed out. So we get that. I'd like to point out, Brain, that you called him half man, half cyborg. But I believe that a cyborg is already. All right. My apologies. I I don't want to, you know, because somebody will write in about that and and say something because Lord knows this is supposed to be the end all be all of any conversation about surf ninjas that you've ever listened to. Um, and not Probably just, somebody not just, scene. not just three people just sitting around bullshitting about a movie, you know, having fun, enjoying themselves or trying to, when talking about a piece of shit like this, anyway, after school, it's surfing time. Uh, the Baba Ram thing went over, I guess. All right. Or maybe like a fart in church. I'm not sure. But after school surfing time, Iggy's there. But he can't surf, so he just sits on the beach, wax, waxing his board. Yep. Um, and uh, meanwhile, Johnny and Adam, his buddies, almost get spear gun by scuba diving ninjas. And waxing the board and getting spear gunned are not euphemisms, people. These are the actual acts that are taking place. Remember, this is a family film. Right. This is not the Screech movie that Chad brought up. Yeah. Uh, I didn't watch so that. After Chad. the fun. 
I haven't watched that either. I can't. I would never do that. After their fun, the guys go back to Max Burger Joint. Going to actually do something productive, help out, taking out the trash, cleaning up after a long day of slinging burgers. Uh, and once again, there's those damn ninjas, Chad Cruz. These guys are everywhere. Yeah, excuse me while I take a drink of my beverage. Yeah, it, they, they really are. And and they've really pumped their uh, assassination attempts into overdrive here. And we'll find out more about that later. But for now, they, they, they really... Uh, they're they're taking it to the next level, and you you attack a man at his burger joint, um, and while they're trying to take out the garbage, and you're you're asking for an ass whooping, and that's exactly what they get when Zatch shows up with his eye patch and his long hair and uh, nice smooth skin. Oh wow! What you, re- you really took a some watch this on high def TV? Yeah. Did you not? Yeah. <laughs> So, meanwhile, yeah, Zatch does there. He's there. He protects Johnny and Adam, but does, good thing he wasn't tasked with protecting the burger place because that place yeah. is trashed. Uh, and, and Mac flame is there. Flame broiled. Yeah, flame broiled buns for one of the ninjas. Mac is there trying to fight things off, but he's, you know, his concern is the kids. And he tells Zatch to get the kids to safety. So now we know that Mac and Zatch have some sort of past together. And we're about to know everything, basically, because. Zatch takes the kids out uh, and tells them they are the heirs to the throne of Patusan, and the prophecy says Johnny will be warrior king when he turns 16, and Adam, his younger brother, is a visionary. He is the seer. Uh, and it should be noted at this point that we're just a few weeks away from Johnny turning 16, which is why Colonel Chi has stepped up his efforts or started his efforts. I'm not sure if he's been looking for them for decades or decade and a half. I don't know what he's been doing, but now he realizes he needs to eliminate this warrior King before he becomes the warrior King. You know, brain, I'd like to um, connect this with history. If I may, please do. Um, I don't know how many of our, our listeners out there are, are fans of history or history buffs or I like to think that I am a bit and I can't help but notice that the story of Johnny being this, uh, this warrior leader and his brother, a seer, I I can't help but notice that that's very similar to the Shawnee leader Tecumseh and his younger brother, Tenskwatawa, who was a, uh, uh, he considered considered himself a prophet. Uh, now he wasn't exactly the, uh, um, a completely legit prophet, you know, some would say that he kind of made believe or, or, or kind of lied about his powers. But, but, uh, the, the idea that the older brother being the warrior and the younger brother being the seer, um, I can really see that in this historical analogy. Fascinating stuff. Rob Schneider also. That's fascinating stuff. No, it is not. Johnny and Adam's father was the king of Patusan, so that would explain why why Johnny's going to be the uh, the warrior king. And it was the most peaceful place on earth at one time until Colonel Chi and his army attacked, devastated the island. Zatch, we find out, was a royal guard tasked with protecting the family, and obviously he's continuing to do that job to this very day. Uh, Mac worked for the royal family. He was a sailor who was in that part of the world. Um, and he's the one who decided he's going to adopt the boys and take them to America to be safe. 
Uh, so once we get that backstory all filled in, they go back to the burger place and find out Mac is gone. He's been kidnapped. Um, and at this point, you know, Johnny and Adam just got a lot of information to process Chad, but they're not really concerned about that. They're concerned about Mac. Yeah, they really are. It's, it, it's a feel good kind of scene in the film because they could have just been like, Hey, let's, let's go back to Patusan and get back my throne and I'll be famous and rich and I'll wear a crown and I'll, you know, fuck bitches or what have you. <laughs> but, um, which is probably what I would have done, but yeah. they're, they're actually concerned about their, their, uh, adopted father there. And, uh, it, you know, it's, it's a nice, a nice scene. Um, I like to think that the glue that holds the family together is probably Iggy. Um, he doesn't lose his cool, you know, I don't, I, I can't say this enough, but Rob Schneider as an actor is just, just taking this movie to another level. He um, does. I will agree with you. He <laughs> takes the movie to another level. A hundred percent agree. Uh-huh. Another level of hell, right? Exactly. <laughs> Or it's 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 like an okay movie, and he takes it to shit level. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. So uh, they do get the cops involved. So that kind of tells you they're not 100% convinced with what Zatch is telling them, or they just don't give a shit. Uh, and we meet our Lieutenant Spencer, who is the cop investigating Mac's disappearance. And Lieutenant Spencer is played by the one and only Tone Loke, Funky Comedina himself, uh, with a, a voice, an amazing voice does tone distinct voice uh he puts it very distinct he puts a patrol car outside the house uh, and of course this is where we get to see iggy trying to do a is it a scottish accent yeah it was rob Schneider basically knocking off mike myers doing the impersonation that mike myers did in 1993's so i married an ex-murderer which eventually became fat bastard and austin powers and uh, the voice of shrek thank you rob schneider yeah, thanks a wow. lot. Wow. Uh, wow. The, the, the Sega Game Gear is how uh, Adam sees into the future. And I do want to point out that Oliver had sent me a message about this again. Oliver, who, who requested this fine film that I'm talking about for the 900th time. Uh, he mentioned that it's more believable that the Sega Game Gear could see into the future than it is that the batteries never died on this thing. Accurate, yeah. Any, big anybody, time. any. I, I never had a Game Gear, so I don't know if that that is an mm-hmm. accurate statement. They went all the way to Patusan without him even plugging it in. I think that part of his abilities led him to like recharge the the batteries with his hands. Well, that's true too. Yeah. So, but see, now he sees it through the Game Gear. I wonder, like, you know, if they walked by like an electronic shop in the nineties, could he see the future on like the TVs on display? Mm, maybe, maybe he could use. Colonel Cheese little cyborg visor thing or something. So yeah, any screen you're saying like yeah, ro- screen robotic to monocle yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. His little monocle and he goes to see the future, but instead he just sees the screech poor and he's like, ah <laughs> There you go. Well the ninjas make people go, ah too, because they get the cops in the patrol car, they infiltrate the home. Um, so now they gotta think fast. Zatch is there. He's going to make sure that some of the ease takes out some of these ninjas because he does something that nobody should do. Chad, it's fire safety time here on the bulletproof yeah. podcast yes. with our own fire marshal crews. Yeah. Uh, please tell us why you should not turn on the gas. 
Yeah, in the film we see Zatch uh, as they're escaping from these this horde of ninjas. He turns the gas on, and I think he leaves a candle somewhere, and it ends up blowing up the the building, which is a very real thing. People do this. They open, they turn, they leave the gas on. Um, they have no hoods above the the stove. Um, uh, they open their stoves up. They heat their homes with it to keep costs down in the winter. They do all sorts of things that you and I would think are very stupid, but they do it every day. And uh, it, it's no laughing matter. Uh, it's very dangerous for you and your children and for your neighbors. Guess what? If your neighbor's house blows up, your shit's going to get fucked up. So don't do yeah. it. Yeah. And there's one thing he did do wrong, other than obviously the obvious that you've pointed out. He did not tie Iggy up to a chair in the house. <laughs> because then he wouldn't have had to wonder why Johnny and Adam keep Iggy around, because that's exactly what he does after they make their way out. I, w- I wonder why the ninjas in, in this film are so useless. They, they constantly attack these, these young boys, and, and they fail. And they get beat up by teenage girls, old, old people, right. tone low. They lose it literally everyone. But when the cops are in the patrol car, they take him out like no problem. Yeah. I once saw a ninja and I know you have seen this too, Chris go to a golf course. <laughs> he was a single ninja on his own and he fucked up so many people. He did. You've got to figure that Colonel Chi, maybe he's not sending the A squad. You know, maybe he's figuring, hey, these are kids. I'll send some of the prospects. It's like the biker gang mentality. You know, you send the prospect to do the dirty work so they can kind of earn their patch. And, uh, you know, maybe these ninjas are trying to kind of get into his good graces and it's not going so well. Right. And full circle, you're talking about these biker gangs, these one percenters. Rob Schneider, one percenter when it comes to acting. 1% 1% talent? Is that what you're I saying? I wasn't specific. That's the way I'm going to take it. Uh, Zatch <laughs> takes them to Little Patusan, which is a area of Los Angeles I never heard of before. The place, yeah. Uh, and more specifically, the Imperial Palace restaurant, which is run by Gumbay. Uh, and it's Gumbay's daughter that is the mm-hmm. arranged bride of Johnny. And uh, so, you know, again, Johnny and Adam are finding out all, about all this Patusan business for the first time. But these people here at the Imperial Palace restaurant, they've been waiting for this day and been preparing for it. There's a big feast and Johnny is going to meet his future bride, Romay. And whoa, what a actress they picked for Romay. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking up right now when she was born, so I don't say something terrible. Um, um, let's see. Yeah, I'm safe. So, um, yeah, Johnny meets his uh, his young bride for the first time, and he's he's certainly floored by how beautiful she is, and, and she's played by the beautiful Kelly Hu, who uh, many of you will know from uh, X Men Two and uh, one of those the Scorpion King, yeah, yeah, Scorpion King, and bunch of other shit she did jason takes manhattan yep she's in that you better believe it she naked in that uh no she's not she's also currently on bmf uh, on stars and uh she got naked well her lower half got naked just the other day she had a sex scene good bush huh (laughs) i'm just thinking uh, so (laughs) never mind i was gonna make a reference but you jumped right back into it so save yourself go ahead (laughs) 
I'll look it up. <laughs> so Johnny, yeah, Johnny's very excited now. You know, he's he's kind of thrown into this this wild situation where now he's going to be, you know, the heir of this throne, and 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 I'm going to be forced to be married to this broad, and and then they pull her little veil off, and she's you know sexy little Kelly who, and as it, you know he's playing a 16 year old boy, and you know I was 16, I was you know jacking off constantly, so <laughs> you just you just know that. Johnny is just, uh, he is just itching to go. So good for him is what I say. Itching to go. Captain Ming and Philip Tan is played by Philip Tan. He shows up with some more of these ninjas. Uh, they go after Romay, which this kicks in old Johnny's warrior spirit and the Beethoven music hits as well. And, uh, yeah, Johnny's, he's quite the fighter or whether he knew it or not, Chris. Yeah, his uh, his body just kind of starts going into convulsions. It's almost like he's losing control. You know, it's not like when Bruce Leroy got the glow and he knew that he was the master. Johnny's just kind of like, what's going on? Why am I twitching? Why am I kind of going into convulsions here? But uh, hey, it works. It helps him kick ass and clear the restaurant. It does. And yeah, Zatch helps out too because he takes out Captain Ming with some chopsticks to the nostrils. Um, and you know, at this point, they now that uh, Mac is obviously with Colonel Chi locked up with Colonel Chi. So they need to get there ASAP. Uh, and somehow conveniently there's a ship heading that way. I, mm -hmm. I guess I don't know how that came to be. I guess, again, this is a, a movie that we're probably not supposed to dig too deep into, uh, but Lieutenant Spence is there and he's going to stop them from boarding the ship. Uh, but uh, you know, Zatch is a little worried that, that, that can't happen. So Zatch takes care of him. Takes care of him, Chad. Whoa, you said it like he killed him or something. No, no, I just had to slow down because I was so excited. Oh, that, that I was stumbling over my words. Yes, yeah, maybe Zatch. I'm just trying to th run through this podcast as fast as possible. <laughs> Zatch, you, you be the judge, folks. Zatch uses uses some sort of a Vulcan death pinch or some shit, but only without the death. So some sort of nerve hold knocks uh, Lieutenant Spence out and they just kind of fling his lifeless body into one of the, you know, cabins down below handcuffed, like some sort of beast. And uh, yeah, at, at some point as you know, they travel 13,000 miles on the ship. He, after I'm sure certainly soiling himself for days on end, he, he gets free. And uh, there's a bit of a question as to how he got free. And uh, he said he swallowed a key last week. And someone asked, how did you know you'd need it? And he said, I swallow a key every week. Mm -hmm. Part of his diet. And then plan. you're like, okay, part of his diet. plan. Yeah. Plenty of iron in his diet, but he, so he, he pooped it out and then he used it. So you have to assume that he pooped multiple times uh, to get to the key. <laughs> yeah. So he's probably covered in his own shit. Yeah, and, and, and doesn't take any umbrage with them. He, instead, he wants to join in on their, their mission because he, he feels like it's his destiny. I, I, not, not upset at all that he's just been sitting in his own filth for how many <laughs> days. He's probably afraid of Zatch because Zatch just grabbed him and That's nearly true. killed him. That's yeah. true. Well, when they get near, uh, get to the island near Patusan, uh, they, got, you know, they go through the jungle. Uh, we get some of that. Uh, and then the big thing that happens here now is they reach a temple and this is a very important 
moment in the film, martial arts wise, because Zatch now is like, okay, you need to unleash that warrior spirit, Johnny. So they throw down and we get uh, some of the best uh, action in the whole movie right here, Chad. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a lot of that unleashing warrior speed. It's kind of a metaphor for him losing his virginity, but (laughs) he does at this point, uh, they're in this cave and there's all these, there's all these weapons around. And he, uh, I think his horniness is at like a level where he he'll do anything to look good in front of Rome. So he, you realize you're talking about this, about a scene where a father and son are co-starring in a scene and you, and you took it to that level. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Chad Cruz for you, folks. <laughs> so, anywho, <laughs> he uh, he gets a hold of one of these swords. Yeah. And, uh, and get a hold it, of your sword. Did, did Dad show him how to use that sword, you sick fuck? And you know what? When he, when he grabs a hold of this sword, he feels like he has a power beyond anything he could have imagined. And he wields this sword to to a, a level that he had never done before. And in doing so, he, he defeats Zatch. And, uh, I think that in Rome's eyes, he, she realizes that he is the one now. Yeah. Well, you know, there's not a lot of time to celebrate this unleashing of the spirit because yes. they spot uh, Colonel cheese, one of his many chain gangs. Colonel cheese. Um, is that like a fast food? Sounds like a, it's like a McDonald's, like yeah. Uh, it's Mayor McCheese's brother, <laughs> Mayor McCheese's military brother, Colonel McCheese, uh, <laughs> needs to go. They need to go around the uh, chain gang so they don't become part of said chain gang. But it doesn't quite work out. Uh, they're on a steep slope there, and uh, one thing leads to another, Chris, and we get some. We get. Uh, Lieutenant Spence kind of becoming a transformer or a gobot. I'm not sure which. Yeah, uh, Adam. Whichever one you'd like to choose. Adam decides to improvise and decides to sled down the slope, and uh, you know he doesn't use a surfboard. He doesn't use, you know, any plywood. You know, the roof of a hut, anything that he might be able to find in the jungle. No, he grabs an actual human being, uh, that being Mr. Tone Loke, <laughs> Lieutenant Spence. And goes sledding with who, him, who and could have shitty pants. Let's, <laughs> he let's remember that. But you know what? Definitely that that might give his foot some better grip. Maybe that's why he didn't slip off. The lubricant. I think he slides better because of it. Yeah, it's a mudslide, all right, in his <laughs> pants. Uh, so yeah, they get down, but that, that of course it's a little bit uncontrollable. They get down there, much like his balls were. <laughs> And uh, Spence and Adam are captured. Johnny, uh, Romay, Zatch, and Iggy see that this has happened. And now they decide, well, we we can't just leave our, our friends. My, I mean, it's his brother. We got to go down and help them. Uh, and this is where uh, I think what you were saying, Chad. Romay mm-hmm. sees uh, Johnny in a different light now. Uh, so she kind of gives him some encouragement and then uses her feminine wiles to help uh, Johnny beat the crap out of some uh, of the soldiers yeah and, and and she uses her wiles to uh to lure these soldiers these these dirty old men that are you know guarding this chain gang or whatever yeah. you know they've probably been out there in this this sweltering heat all day just sweating and uh miserable and whatnot and and she comes along and looking all cute and flipping her hair around and 
says some naughty, naughty stuff to him. And yeah, they, they certainly get uh, distracted by that. And it gives Johnny the opportunity to, to lay the hurting down on him. And lay the hurting on him. He does. Uh, so, but you know, these soldiers, they're just more and more, they multiply and they just show up some more. They, so just when we think, all right, we're free. No, there's more soldiers, but, uh, Adam gets to kind of live out one of his dreams, Chris. Uh, yeah, that being going joyriding, since he's uh, a little too young for it. But here in international waters or in the jungle, uh, those laws don't apply. And he decides to hop behind the steering wheel. You know, yep. it, it's, it's funny, Brain. Sorry, but I, I don't think that kids, now they don't get their license until they're like 27. Right. So, you know, would they even care about driving anymore? Yeah, it's a different world. I didn't have my license. At, I was in no big rush to get a license. No, that I, I can believe that about you. Yeah, I, I, why do, that would require me to leave the house, and I never want to do that. <laughs> uh, so, we, yeah, he steals the Jeep, drives the heroes away. The bad guys give chase, and then we get, a, a, you know, like, oh, they've got, they see they have dynamite in the Jeep. Well, that would be useful to eliminating our enemies, but we have to remember we have a moron on board, and his name is Iggy, and instead of lighting the dynamite, he just throws a stick of dynamite at the bad guys chasing them. Not an effective use of dynamite, Chad Cruz. Defend um, you, this decision. Yeah, you, you say it's not effective, but uh, we all saw it on, on screen. It was pretty effective, and I would say that it was somewhat of a tactical move and that the, the dynamite itself... Um, being used as a kind of a, a blunt object and not as an explosive probably helped them escape because, you know, there are certain areas. Uh, I, think I think a blunt would have helped me enjoy this movie, but go on. It certainly would have. But I, I think that, I think that Iggy in his, in his uh, infinite wisdom knew that by throwing an explosive piece of dynamite, that it would have changed the, the topographical feature of the road. It could have hindered the Jeep from moving forward could have sent it careening into the ravine, maybe even into the very cave where uh, Johnny was wielding his sword against his own father. Um, yeah, I, I think that really you're looking at it the wrong way because you see this as a, as a mistake and it's, uh, I think, projected as such on, on screen. But I see it as uh, just a brilliant move by a, a brilliant strategist. Yeah, I think the real mistake was casting Rob Schneider, but uh, we get into, uh, they, they do escape once they actually use the dynamite as it's intended to be used. Uh, it did not change the topography of the land, whatever the shit you were trying to spew there was. Um, hmm. Johnny has now proven himself worthy as they get to this village. He gets a warrior prince headband. Uh, Adam gets one, but you, you've got to cater to this moron because Iggy wants one too. And this is a, another area where something could have happened. They could have gagged Iggy with it. So we didn't have to hear him talk anymore or just strangled him to death. Either which way would have been a better use of the headband where Iggy is concerned. Where, as far as I'm concerned, they should have done a gag. gag. Chris, what say you? You're saying that they should have done a gag gag. Yeah. Mm. See, I bet, I bet that you wish that you had one of those headbands to cover your eyes because you are not as big of a fan of this movie yeah. as I had hoped you would have been. Or tie all the headbands together, make a noose, yeah. find the nearest tree. Either okay. which that would have worked too. Yeah. Goodbye, Iggy. You wow. moron. 
Anyway, we get a rebellion montage after that. Yeah, good montage. You know, finally, we action movie. You got to have a montage, and and this one, it uh, it's kind of weird because it's like, you know, they're they're kind of gathering all the troops necessary to uh, attack the fortress of Colonel Chi, and they're just getting a bunch of dudes with like machetes and pitchforks, but Colonel Chi has like tanks and shit, so. Uh, yeah, it's kind of stupid, kind of stupid, but you know, <laughs> it's a montage. So a montage cures all. And they're uh, but, all like dancing, like woo! This is no, good. they're excited. Yeah, but this yeah. is the they've been waiting for their warrior king, and and they're gonna take take their island back. So yeah. you can understand the excitement, but yeah, mm-hmm. maybe not as believable uh, when you really think too hard about it um after the montage romaine wants to talk to johnny um and you know if she wasn't perfect already this conversation pretty much makes her perfect in johnny's eyes i believe i what what say you chad cruz you know i they are 16 brain and and i don't think anybody's ready for marriage at 16 but But I I don't know if it's if I'm seeing something that's not there, um, or if I'm just looking deeper than than most. But but I really think that this conversation was brought on by her affection for Iggy, oh. like her idea, like maybe she wants to play the field a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, she's seen his prowess. Um, he's in his early thirties. <laughs> he can buy her beer. <laughs> Yeah, that's got to be a selling point for him at this stage in mm-hmm. the game. Uh, well, anyway, she she just but you know I'm not not sure I'm into this arranged marriage thing, but hey, I want to date you. So I mean, again, like you said, who what sixteen year old is thinking about marriage? Uh, I don't I don't think any of them are. And if they are, they probably will regret it. Yes, because it was too much too soon. The weird ones do that. Yeah. Um. But now, you know, they're going to need Adam's power because we've seen Johnny do his thing now. They need Adam's vision on how the hell they can get to Colonel Chi. And Chris, this is where Adam's magic comes in. Yeah, he sees Rob Schneider not in this film. No, I'm sorry, Chad. I just had to throw that in there. Uh, We get back to the surfing portion of Surf Ninjas because... He sees the trees as what they could be, and what they could be is surfboards. And these guys are the greatest carvers on the planet because they get these trees and they make these surfboards in no time at all. Yeah. So this rebellion is now going to surf their way to Patusan uh, and make an explosive entrance when they do so. And yeah, that's you know probably the big visual um, with just that whole army just surfing their way over to the island. Yeah, I mean, I think that this this is a cool scene. Uh, you get to see Iggy finally get up on that board. And, they, you know, he starts to say something to him. I don't know if you guys know this, but I, I can't serve. And they're all like, yeah, it's kind of a joke. Like, we've all laughed at you for a long time about what a loser you are. Uh, but he does it, right, Brain? And and so does the other 80 guys that are with him. Uh, they easily just stand up on the board and surf their way to the island. But 
it, it kind of, you know, it, it, it feels like there could have been a surfing tr- like lesson montage may have helped like the carving and the learning. And this would have been another good place. This would have been a better place for the montage than the one we had. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think that they could have, it would have worked better as surfing training montage. And also like it could have been teaching them fighting at the same time in the same montage. And then instead of going around rallying the troops, they could have been at the cave and a big group of people show up They They heard about you. They're ready to fight. Yeah. We got everybody. Like, I love it. Yeah. I love this rebooking rebook it. Yeah. If we reboot, um, is, is Chad going to go out and sign Rob Schneider first or the martial arts talent first? Ooh. Rob Schneider is... lives in Chad. Cruz's basement, so it won't, it won't take long to get him him on board. Yeah, so they get there, they make an explosive entrance. Colonel Chi uses Mac to escape, um, and during this initial attack, Zatch is injured, and they they try to play it up like he's going to die, but it's kind of like a kid's movie, and you kind of figure he's not. At least it's I like, figured he's not. It's it's the Duke moment from GI Joe the movie. Yeah, without the voiceover. He'll be yeah. fine. Don't worry. Uh, Johnny then goes after Colonel Chi, nearly gets run over in the process. And then, Chris, it is the fight of the century. Leslie Nielsen versus Ernie Reyes Jr. Who was waiting for this? Was it you, Chris? Uh, I was. You were in the theater. Did you get up and cheer? I did not. Was it like freaking Rocky Balboa up in that bitch? Tell us. It was not. It was more like, am I actually seeing this is this playing out is leslie nielsen uh or more uh aptly leslie nielsen stunt double versus ernie reyes <laughs> jr it was uh it felt like one of those like mortal Kombat knockoff games you've got like the cyborg character and the ninja warrior uh you know one of those games that you would have found in an arcade uh at the same time frame and then you forget the name of it because it just wasn't as cool as mortal Kombat or street fighter uh that's what it felt like it felt like just kind of like a cheesy little video game thing and obviously you know Ernie's got the skills, but it's played more for the humor of Colonel Chi malfunctioning and not being able to keep catch up, uh, keep up with said skills because he's now a master. Yeah, it, it's a uh, Colonel Chi kicks his ass pretty good, right? I I, I don't remember. He does. He does. Uh, he, I mean, yeah, it's a it's. He, he, he could see it. I mean, yeah, I mean Johnny doesn't dominate. You got to give you got to give the heel his shine. That's that's true. You got to get yeah. You got to give him his heat, right? Heat, yeah, the heat. And, yeah, and he, he does bring it. And I think one problem here is Ernie Reyes Jr. looks so tiny next to Leslie Nielsen. Um, at no point during the movie, I think, at this point, do you ever notice how small he is? But in this scene, he seems puny, and it seems like after he whooped Zatch's ass, like this should have been like, we just saw him beat up like 50 guys in, in the little courtyard there. And now I guess Leslie Nielsen and his old ass just like takes him down. It's kind of, it's kind of a weird finale to me. Yeah. Like they just wanted to get it over with. And I can understand that. <laughs> uh, Bob Aram pops back up and uh, he's there. And for the big celebration at the end and Johnny makes the, you know, Obviously, we we question how much he cared about being the warrior king. Well, now we know for sure because he ends the monarchy. Chad, he's done with it. Gives the gives Patusan back to the people. He did yeah. it for the people. 
as Rikishi might say. I, I, it's a, it's a weird scene too. You know, it's like, uh, you know, it's a teenager in the early nineties, like, Oh, he's down with the monarchy, you know, give it to the people. But like his parents died protecting the monarchy and it was the most peaceful place. And for, I don't know, tens of I mean, hundreds of years, whatever it was, the most peaceful Island in the world, uh, under his parents' monarchy. And now he's just like, yeah, screw it. Like, we'll just create some politicians here that weren't here before. Woo! Yeah. That always uh, works out. Always works out so well, but yeah, whatever. It's a, it's a happy ending for him. And, and we get the, uh, the Baba Ram and the, 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 you know, they run it back with the performance again. So we get, we have yeah, yeah, the rights to the, the song. Ram. Yep. And Iggy's in there too. Iggy, Iggy's still like trying to is. figure it all out. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out who <laughs> who gave that man that job. Uh, I, I'm trying to figure a lot of it out. Uh, again, the casting of, of Rob Schneider as a high schooler and Leslie Nielsen as the big bad. Uh, two big questions I have about this movie uh, as the end credits hit. And uh, yeah, I would probably say of all the movies we have talked about here on the Bulletproof Podcast, this was my least favorite. But again, as I said at the top, I do not have the nostalgia factor, so I could understand if you grew up watching this movie, how you probably thought it was great and were amused by it. And it you know, just kind of takes you back to to the, your your childhood. And I, I get that because half the shit I watch is stuff that takes me back to when I was young and then had bills to pay and shit to do and all that. And it's it's a it's a natural thing, I think, to do, Chad. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it in you know, the opposite of you, this is a movie I grew up with and, and felt very close to just because I'd watched it so many times. And, and I'll admit this movie is not good. Um, but it's very fun for some people and, uh, talking about it three to three separate times isn't fun. And I'm really tired of talking about it at this point, but well, we're done. We're, we're just about done. Mean it through. Thank, Let's thank, thank the Lord. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, it's fun. Like everybody's got movies like this that, like I said, you show them to your friends and they're like, this movie's dog shit. And you're like, well, I love it. So fuck you. So this is one of those for me. Right. If I ever showed anybody death wish three and they said it was dog shit, mm, they wouldn't be your friend very long. No, they probably wouldn't be like, you you don't have to love it, but if you come right out and say, this is dog shit and you know that I love it so much, that's rude. You're being rude. So you're done. You know, Neil so, yeah. Israel, who directed this movie, is responsible for films, many films that you probably would rank highly on lists of films right. that you've seen. Tell us about them. Well, he wrote Police Academy. He wrote Bachelor Party. He wrote Moving Violation. With Michael Dudikoff. Yep. He wrote Real Genius. Okay. You know, he directed Moving Violations uh, before Surf Ninjas. He was a producer so on quite the... he was a producer on three o'clock high. I mean, you know, numerous eighties classics. And then he just entered so the nineties. All of a sudden went... he decided he did all these comedies and then he decided to do Surf Ninjas. Well, let's face it, I mean, Surf Ninjas is not the normal bulletproof action fair. I mean, you know, we are talking about no. a movie with Leslie Nielsen and Tone Loke, so I don't think that we expected to see anything as far as a uh, Kasugi or a Dudikoff in this one. Yeah. He failed to mention that 
Uh, IMDb also states that Rob Schneider was brought into the film by director Neil Israel. So that's who I have to blame for this. <laughs> I believe he's still and with I'm, us. And I, I, I'm a fan of, you know, Leslie Nielsen, uh, just not in this situation. And as a matter of fact, in an upcoming scene of the week, I've selected a Leslie Nielsen scene. So stay tuned for that on bulletproofaction.com. Any final words you want to say about surf ninjas before we wrap up this podcast that I didn't think would ever actually happen. I mean, I think we've said enough both on air and off air <laughs> and uh, you know, anyone listening, you know, uh, we did go through this several times to record it. So don't, uh, don't take some of the lack of enthusiasm from certain parties here as a, uh, as a final word on the film, although brain would probably tell you to stay far away from it. Uh, it's a good slice of nineties cheese it, you know, it, it delivered on what it was supposed to be. It, you know, we knew this wasn't going to win an Academy award. We knew this wasn't going to be full of, you know, explosive action and blood and guts and, you know, the usual type of stuff we talk about. It's just a goofy kids movie. It's from the era where we had things like sidekicks and airborne to entertain us. Also both fine films. Um, you know, if you're into that, check it out because like i said i saw it in the theater i've got it on vhs and dvd i still watch it from time to time it's uh, it's completely inoffensive in uh, all the non-rob schneider parts yeah if there was a cut without rob schneider in it i might watch it again but i don't think such a cut exists hmm. Che cruz you got anything else i'm just ready to be done well, we are, in fact, done talking about Surf Ninja, so I think I'm going to uh, bar uh, Oliver from making any more suggestions for us for at least 60 days, um, and, and we'll see what we... I know where we're going next, because our next one, Chad, is going to be a WrestleMania weekend special coming up on April 1st, and you know what? I say that because if somehow that doesn't happen i could say it was just an elaborate april fools joke and we didn't uh, really we didn't sweet. really we didn't really have an episode planned i'm just lying but no i i think we should be good uh you know every if every 89 episodes we have a technical difficulty i think we're doing pretty good yeah we we went we went pretty well there for a while and i have to say i think this is our our third time recording this and uh the one you're hearing uh definitely not our best one that's that's true. That's the problem with the re-recording. Yeah. You, you don't capture that magic uh, the way you did the, the first 22 times. Uh, <laughs> bulletproofaction.com, of course, we do always want to encourage you to check that out. As I said, we're going to have a little Leslie Nielsen action coming up. I'm going to be talking about John Wick later this week. Uh, very excited to check that out on Thursday night. So you will find my review up on early Friday morning. Uh, Chad, do you have anything you uh, know that you're going to be working on here? I've got some Jet Li stuff coming up, I think. So that should be mm. fun. We, we talk about him every once in a while, but probably not enough. So did you Jet pick Li the right movie. Jet Li movie this time to talk uh, about? You know, this, about? Is one, this is one I've actually never seen. So, oh, well, very good. There we go. Uh, Chris. What about what's going on over at Figures Toy Company? We cannot uh, allow you to to leave without telling us about some of the fine things going on there. Uh, is this where you're finally going to tell me that the Michael Dudikoff and Steve James figures are on the way? It is not. But at least I can uh, go to bed knowing that I will never be as high on your shit list as Rob Schneider is. Uh -huh. Correct. <laughs> that is true. 
the uh, no, the newest stuff we have in stock. Uh, we have the new ultimate entrance stage for your wrestling figures, standing at two feet tall and nearly two feet wide, with breakable screens, trap doors, and uh, a customizable video, customizable video wall. We've got interchangeable card art done by our artist that you can slide onto the video screen and have a display going on in the background while you're playing with your figures or taking photographs of your figures on display. We've also got the shark cage playset that's out now, so you can lock a figure in there and raise him high above the ring uh, it also comes as a separate piece so you could have it at ringside as like a penalty box if you're doing a little war games action so both of those accessory playsets are out now at figurestoycompany.com we are going to be getting new stock on our legends like dr tom pritchard and mr hughes uh midnight express brad armstrong those guys are going to start coming in from spring through summer We've got restocks on some Scooby-Doo, DC Comics, and Three Stooges stuff, uh, and some new releases uh, like Super Friends Hawkman planned for spring and summer. So next couple of months is going to be when a lot of new product comes trickling in, and uh, there's a lot in the pipeline that I've got to keep under wraps for now, but uh, big things happening in 2023 and onward at figures toy company so check it out figurestoycompany.com and if you're on twitter it's at figures toy co anywhere else on social media just look up the company name figures toy company yeah and i did see that hawkman figure and it is beautiful and i actually just purchased a gift recently from figures toy company quality product tremendous service so if you are an action figure fan or have an action figure fan in your life definitely want to check out figures toy company and again you want to check out bulletproofaction.com i know you're an action fan uh we encourage you to check that out all the time whether you're in spain or mexico or ireland or anywhere around the world chad we have people patusan indeed even little patusan do it all right all right guys we've done it we have made a Surf Ninjas podcast from start to finish. Oh, again, next time we'll have a special WrestleMania weekend edition of the Bulletproof Podcast on Saturday, April 1st. A rare Saturday podcast dropped for us. And uh, who knows what's coming up later in April. I have a few ideas, Chad, and I know we've talked about them. We'll, we'll get those ironed out. And uh, we'll have more about the future episodes on our WrestleMania special. So, for Chad Cruz and the toy man, Christy Petrillo, I am your host, Chris the Brain. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast. listening to the Geekscape Network.